I think it's really easy to criticize interesting creative companies that use sponsorship money. Yeah. For a lot of people, it seems like a total conflict uh, philosophically. But I mean, you need that money to make right interesting things happen. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not saying working with the devil, but um, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with corporate money. Hey, welcome to Current Mood. This is your host, Jacqueline Schneider. Current Mood is a series exploring self-care techniques, mental models, and the core patterns propelling our increasingly digital lives. Through conversations with thought leaders across creative disciplines, I get a chance to learn about unique business paths and pivots through the lens of mental wellness. Hey, welcome back to Current Mood. In today's show, I get to chat with Anna Polonsky, founder and creative director of Polanski and Friends, a really cool strategy and design agency for food businesses that support community. She is also the co-founder of The Delegram, an editorial storefront spotlighting the best of artisanal food making. She's got really such a cool story at the intersection of food and brand and the way that she's created a, a business around her passion is like, so remarkable. We get to talk about the magic of food and kind of what Anna has learned working with restaurants and restaurateurs and chefs. And we also really dig into being an entrepreneur and running an agency and how that looks and how to position yourself with clients when there's so much competition. We go into visual storytelling and kind of what was missing in hospitality and in true current mood fashion self-care is top of mind we talk about how adapting self-care over time through different experiences in your life can be very helpful and some of the the facets of self-care that are important to incorporate through books and through exercise and you know all the basic stuff they say works it actually works imagine that we have a really good talk i really hope you enjoy um, so I'm Anna Polanski. I'm from France. I'm from Paris, France. I've been in New York 15 years um, and I've always worked uh, with food in different capacities, never so much on the operational side of things. I mean, I waitressed when I was younger, but it was never my real work. Yeah. Um, but for a long time, I was part of a French food guide and event company called Le Fooding, which then brought me to New York. Um, I opened, helped open a branch of the company here, stayed here. Uh, we were doing gigantic sort of food and art events mm. at a time where it didn't exist. No one was really mixing chefs with art spaces mm. and music and all of that. They started 25 years ago. Um, and then um, and then they had this food gut, as I was saying. Um, and then 2014, I left, opened my first agency, um, also one of the first creative agencies for food, hospitality. Mm-hmm. Um, and now in I the have... States? In the States? In New York, okay. yeah. It's always been New York. Yeah. Um, and now um, it's been four years that I have um, a similar agency. I split with my partner um, 2019 and restarted a similar kind of agency mm-hmm. called Polanski and Friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm the founder, creative director. We do brand strategy, graphics, mm-hmm. a little interiors, um, but really focused on hospitality and food. How how did you decide to name it your last name? <laughs> 
so weird, huh? <laughs> well, the thing No, is, it's not. It's pretty common. So, <laughs> but I'm just curious. For me, that felt like it was really weird. Well, so, you know, I was I ended up being a partner in that French uh, food media I was mentioning, which was called The Fooding. And then I was a partner in that other agency, MP mm. Shift. And so when it came to start my first own company with no partners, mm. one of my best friends um, called Jeremy advised me and he was like, look, you can't forever be Anna from the Fooding, Anna <laughs> from MP Ship. Like ultimately it's, it's a good you. Friend. Yeah. Especially for what I do, right? It is creative direction and strategy. So there's yeah. a personal take on it. So he was saying you should just get comfortable with it. And <laughs> it felt so weird at first. And I was really looking for something else to put with Polanski because it's also, I'm not... I don't make anything myself. It's always a teamwork. Right. You know, again, creative direction strategy. I always have art directors, designers, photographers, copywriters. Yeah. Um, so it felt weird to me to just put my name. And so after a long brainstorm, we thought and friends was and a friends. That's cute. Um, Polanski to me sounded really Wall Street or lawyer as well. So I wanted something <laughs> more playful. Yeah. Um, my husband felt like there was a middle school name, the <laughs> and friends piece, but it worked out. And honestly, I think it's cute. It's playful. Yeah, and it's sort of impacted the culture of the company I mean it, it sounds really annoying and techy to say that but it's true there is sort of this there's this really friendly culture yeah. and mentality and I think everyone feels like we're collaborating it's never vendors right. and clients right you know? right right how would you say the food scene is different in France versus US so different um, it's less and less different year after year but when I started uh, my former agency which like I said I don't think there was really any other benchmark for yeah food focus creative agencies um all my French chef friends were rolling their eyes and you know France <laughs> is like food is so normal it's such a part of the culture mm. so the idea of creating concepts and having agencies and all of that felt very superficial and and mm. unnecessary is that done in other industries though Every other industry. Yeah, just not food. And there was always a debate, right? Oh. Like, how can you treat food like any other product? And I think, you know, I was based in New York and I was seeing how the industry was evolving back then, more and more media attention. It was the beginning of chefs and restaurants being big on Instagram. It was also just much, a much bigger part of the cultural conversation for every mm -hmm. generation. So yeah. I did. I did see a gap um, in the market, and but I think the American audience understood but right. I was doing a lot faster than yeah. the French market. Yeah. I want to talk about your journey as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, do you consider yourself an entrepreneur? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Mm -hmm. At what point were you like, okay, I, this is me. I'm the boss. <laughs> Well, I think I'm, I may be an accidental entrepreneur. I've never had a plan or a career plan. Um, I went to I went to Sciences Po in France, um, which is I guess you could compare it to a Columbia kind of thing or yeah. sort of Ivy League school. Mm -hmm. A lot of people go there and then end up either in the government or at L'Oréal. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, really? That's it's the like, only path. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, it really trains you to be in those sort of high rank sure. positions. Yeah, that's official. like here, go to McKinsey or. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or a bank. Um, and um, but you know, but it was a fantastic school. I think it really um, gave me a good head, so to speak. It it would give me a really good cult general culture and a way to understand different people and to tell stories about different people. Yeah. Um, so that was my education. And my family um, on my dad's side, they were all in food in a way or another. Oh, really? 
Um, my aunt and uncle, they they were making uniforms for very mm. famous chefs around the world. Oh, that's cool. You know, decades ago. Uh, my dad is a really amazing cook. He has a supper club with hundreds of members. And Wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah. Wait a second. Um, <laughs> that's cool. They're all kind of iconic. Um, so it's so, not you know, really surprising. Yeah, so I, w- I was educated. I mean, food was a huge part of my education, but... Yeah. But, you know, back then, I've often said there weren't many jobs. I mean, if, I didn't know I could make a career out of it. I knew yeah. I liked food and I felt like everyone likes food in a way. Sure. But I thought, you know, if I'm not going to be a chef or have a restaurant or maybe be a publicist, that was sort of the beginning. Yeah. What, you know, I didn't really know. So because I was in that school, I was mentioning and I liked, I've always liked crafts, whether it's food crafts or fashion craft or, mm-hmm. or design craft. I just like people making things so yeah. I thought well I like crafts I like I mean this cool I'm probably gonna end up doing marketing for luxury brands yeah <laughs> that, that'll be the way yeah um, and so I did many internships in fashion I worked for Elle magazine in France I mean work intern I interned at Jimmy Choo in London uh, my last internship was at Rachel Roy in New York City mm-hmm. uh, 2007 2008 um, and that's that was my ultimate experience and that's where I realized I, I'm not fit <laughs> I'm for <good>. this industry <laughs> uh, well you know I realized I did like the the making part of it but yeah. marketing in fashion yeah. it's another beast and yeah I think I knew I wasn't passionate enough to go through the hardship of it. So yeah. I quit my internship, started to waitress in a French restaurant in mm-hmm. New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I realized, yeah, definitely I want to work with food. I don't want to work in a restaurant, but I want to work <laughs> in food. Yeah. Um, and so that's when I'm, that's, you know, when I say accident, accidental entrepreneur, that sort of always have made my choice. It's like knowing what I like, what I don't like mm-hmm. without a clear plan. Um, from that experience, I, um, Move, move back to Paris to do my master's, met the people from Le Fooding, which was this... What did you study in your master's? Um, it was advertising, communications, okay, okay. branding. So yeah. definitely helped me in a way. Um, but yeah, that's when I met the people from Le Fooding, which mm. was you know definitely already... Um, they had a big credibility in Paris, but it was sort of up and coming for, for more of a mainstream audience. And mm-hmm. they were the first to challenge the Michelin Guide and... Mm. Um, you know, they took down the rating system in food media and they had graphic design in the guide. And like I said, they it's were cool. organizing those food oh, parties. You know, before them, food events were just tastings. You would spend a lot of money and right. go from stand to stand, taste little portions of things. Yeah. So I ended up interning for them first on the guide side. I was ma- managing them. You had a lot of internships. Yeah. <laughs> and again, I think that's how it's the best way to know what you don't want to yeah. do. You know, like, did you live at home? <laughs> I w- I've always worked a lot, that's for yeah. sure. Um, but yeah, and then from interning for the guide, they hired me um, and I ended up working more with the founder on the business side of things, account management, you know, the clients, the sponsors were Nespresso, San Pellegrino, Jameson, Buff Clico. Mm-hmm. They were sponsoring the events we were doing. What did you learn about sponsors? Like, Well, what? I learned many things. It's first of all... You need them. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but but I'm saying that, you know, Le Fooding and, and in general, I think it's really easy to criticize interesting creative companies that use sponsorship money. Yeah. For a lot of people, it seems like a total conflict uh, philosophically. But I learned with Le Fooding that absolutely not. I mean, you need that money to make right interesting things too. happen. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not saying working with the devil but um, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with corporate money yeah. and uh, and, I, and I feel the same in my agency right now you know I have a mix of really big really corporate clients and mm-hmm. really small really indie clients and yeah. one doesn't go without the other so that was one learning um, 
I think it was also good because I've learned to speak different languages. So the mm. way I would manage chefs yeah. was very different than the way I would manage, uh, you know, marketing people right. at LVMH. Um, yeah. And uh, and yeah, and then you learn that there's also you know you work with sponsors. There are many contacts in the loop, and there's a big gap between the the boss who has the vision and then sometimes the execution team. So it's also how do you manage that? And, yeah. How do you um, manage that? Well, sometimes you have to revise your own expectations. Um, but also, it's I think it's, again, trying to, you know, make teamwork happen, trying to make everyone feel valued. Um, yeah, there's a lot of diplomacy and psychology involved. But it was great training. And, yeah. and uh, so I did that for seven years and that taught me everything. It taught me creative direction you know we would do set design for the event mm -hmm. we we never used the ads or the artwork from those corporate brands we would always create our own take on it with graphic designers because we were telling them you're coming to us because we're the only ones targeting younger foodies at that right, point right and if you want to target them you can't just have a classic mastercard banner like let's make right. it playful let's yeah. make it relevant yeah um so you know what i watched the founders the creative director collaborate with graphic designers um but then I also learn again how to speak with brands and how yeah. to think about strategy and how to operate a business. I was in charge of the New York office alone for a few years, so mm -hmm. so that was a great training. And then um, 2014, I left. Um, they weren't going to launch the guide in the U.S., mm -hmm. and I was getting tired of focusing on event planning. Yeah, um, we were doing you know those events were thousands of people, New York, LA, with chefs from around the world. Mm -hmm. Chefs were also changing at that point, and uh, it was becoming a little more difficult to handle chefs, <laughs> in w a way. Like, where it was a celebrity chef kind of mentality starting to definitely, bloom? Definitely, okay. definitely. And, you know, I love chefs. I mean, they're my whole life, and, sure. and I work with them. But it's very different to bother them for favors, to be part of events that are not super well-paid, right. work in crazy conditions. Yeah. Uh, They've versus, done that their whole career. Yeah, <laughs> Until and they I can, think, now you know, it started point. to be a point where they were fed up of doing that and yeah. sometimes they were a little not so nice in sure. their response. Yeah. Um, whereas now it's different because now they come to me and I, and I provide a service and we yeah. help them. So the relationships are much nicer. So chefs come to you now? Yeah, they're my Usually clients. the chefs are the inroad? The chefs, I mean, it's either chefs or restaurant owners or now we do more and more hotel groups as well. But so cool. there are typically chefs involved. Even when we work with real estate developers, there's always interesting chefs in the loops and, you know, their opinion really matters. That was mm -hmm. one of the wins, I think, from the celebrity chef movement. I mean, yeah. Yeah. chefs used to be in the shadow, you know, before right. that. So. Right, right, right. It was just the restaurant owner. Yeah, or yeah. the maitre d' actually for a long oh, really? time. Yeah, oh. back in the days. Interesting. <laughs> wow. Um, oh yeah, so yeah, so yeah. so I get uh, 2014. I get sort of burnt out by event planning, um, even though you know I think it's an incredible school of life. Event planning, just to to learn how to yeah. manage so many moving pieces yeah. and how to be resourceful. And I always said event planning it's the only thing where if even if you do a great job, nothing depends on you. At the end of the day, <laughs> if the climate doesn't cooperate, right. if the ingredients aren't fresh, yeah. if a chef didn't wake up, like. So you have to constantly find solutions. And I think, you know, back to the mental health topic, it was for me a great school because it taught me that ultimately nothing's the end of the, you know, nothing's the end of the world yeah. and, and you can always find solutions. And yeah. yeah, so that was great. And, and at that point when I left um, for a minute, I was freelancing. I was helping chefs um, to do their own marketing. 
hmm. marketing strategy. Um, and I found that often the issue was not just marketing. The issue back then was hmm. no one was really helping them holistically. So yeah, sometimes the food was fantastic, but you know the design didn't match the vision. Right. The, the messaging no didn't line. exist. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so I saw an opportunity. I realized you know that exists for literally any other product and industry. Yeah. Why is there? You had obviously famous restaurant designers and, and branding agency, but most of them were not food focused or yeah. they weren't providing the 360 approach. What what would you say is like a a story that goes missing in like f- the food industry? Like what's a story that's kind of like untold that you found like working with all your clients? <sighs> I mean, I think no one, unless you work in it, no one knows how hard it is. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's you know, it's sort of by design because the whole magic of hospitality is when you don't see the backstage. And right. Then, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, and I think especially in New York, too, there's a culture of never showing your weaknesses. If yeah. not, your place is doomed. Yeah. You know, people are more attracted to, to the successful spots. But... But yeah, no, I, I've seen it now. It's been 10 years that I, well, 15 years that I work with food, 10 years that I have agencies. Now I'm also inside of a restaurant because my husband opened oh, a restaurant right. in our studio. Yeah, so I just see it every escape. day. Yeah, can't escape. <laughs> uh, do you want to though? Uh, do I what? Do you want to escape? Uh, no, I mean, I love, I love, I mean, there's nothing like hospitality. There's nothing, no, you know, yeah, when it works, yeah. the, there's nothing like that magic. Yeah. And so I, I, I always want to be a part of you know, helping that. But I do think, and right now specifically, I do think there's such a miseducation about what it takes. Mm. You know, right now everyone complains about how expensive it's become to eat out in New York. But I'm like, yeah, but there's no education about why. You know, no one knows that the butter is a lot more expensive, not to mention the labor costs, the rents, and actually the margins are, you know... um, skinnier than ever for I the, understand for the chef, so. <laughs> yeah. so yeah so I do think sometimes you know a little bit showing the backstage is important as well yeah yeah how do you become more transparent with customers like what's the messaging or position like how do you design that well social media is is a way to do yeah. it um I think branding is always interesting it's a good framework you know um it's become totally old-fashioned, for instance, but, you, you know, 10, 15 years ago, it was new to show your purveyors on your menu. You know, that mm. was a way to message. Yeah. So I think you can always find ways to, to do yeah. things in a way that matters. I love food. <laughs> I'm just like, what are all of my food questions? I just love, I mean, I grew up around food, too. It's like, it's just part of life. Well, you're an amazing cook. Oh, thank you. I wasn't fishing. <laughs> no, it's just food is like literally life. Like every time there's a gathering of family or friends, it's just mm-hmm. food. In my mind. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe something else for other people, but I'm always like, okay, well, cool. What are we eating? <laughs> totally. Yeah. I mean, that's what I love about food too. I think, you know, I always say it's the only topic that everyone has experience with and yeah. everyone is allowed to have an opinion on. Right. There's no other topic. So it's yeah. the grand unifier, you know, yeah. to together people. Yeah. I, in New York, it's like food is a tough business because it's, you know, it's really expensive. Real estate's expensive. Um, so many things have happened since COVID, like things have shifted, businesses are not the same. Like yeah. how how is it like how is the mental health of the food industry right now? Not good. Really? <laughs> like has it have you seen it change or what's going on? Yeah, yeah, no, I see it. I mean I get a lot of calls from my clients. Really? I think certainly since COVID there's a lot more conversation around it. So yeah. so there might be more support internally. Yeah. Um and more um 
more systems to help people. So that's mm-hmm. a great thing. But yeah, no, I, I do think it's an impossibly hard industry right now. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and you know, there are all the costs we mentioned, but it's also, it, the, the culture of hospitality here is also unique. It's, it's not the same in France anywhere else. It's like this idea that dining is a, sh- is a show, it's a, it's a spectacle, you know? Yeah. And so so it's the pressure is insane. The food has to be good. The, it has to be a little creative, but not divisive. <laughs> and the playlist right. needs to be that. Right. And the service, you know, the yeah. service, they need to be... Able, able to help you but they can be too intrusive I mean it's just it, it's a the lot. checklist is crazy not to mention the bathroom Design, has to be the clean. branding the bathroom <laughs> yeah um, is the Instagram appealing you know oh it, my god it's you're right crazy and I, yeah. th- I do think it's a it's a lot more forgiving in other cities for sure yeah more countries what are the issues that people are dealing with Right now, yeah, like I mean, the inflation is a serious thing. Yeah. Um, I I do think also behaviors have changed from the customer um, during COVID. So people take a bit more time to try places. Yeah. You need to do more to to get them to try things. Um, yeah, and and I do think it's also more and more saturated as an industry. You know, so how do you stand out? How do you get the right. word out there? It's, it's like, like there's a new restaurant opening like every week. Yeah, definitely. Can like, how do you? Up. What's the lifespan for a restaurant in New York? It's not so much, I feel. How and that's why them? people love institutions because you're like, wow, you know, they made it and right. you want to celebrate that. But yeah. a lot of, I mean, many restaurants I've designed or worked on close after a year, you know, it's really heartbreaking. So you work yeah. with startups. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. That's a lot of my, a lot of my work has been with startups. It's like 90% of them are not around anymore. Yeah. But let's create. It's sad, but then in a way, you know, I also think it often leads to something else as well. I mean, mm. it's more a matter of how do you limit the the damage. But yeah, one of the first restaurants I designed with my former business partner was called De Maria. The chef is Camille Becerra. She's incredible. Um, and that got a lot of attention. We won a James Beard Award for it. She mm. won many great reviews awards. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I think in its, in its first year it closed it often the same issue is like partnership problems mm. and the rent was insane mm. and it was on Kenmare mm. um, and so I think it's probably really really hard for Camille but I see her now and she's incredible and mm. I think you know it's also taken her in different path and yeah what does she do now um, she's now consulting for a really cool hotel. You'll hear about it soon, oh, probably. Right, right. But she's also, she's done a lot of work for brands. Yeah. Um, she's traveled a lot. Yeah. She's done residencies abroad. I mean, yeah. yeah. The pivot. The pivots. <laughs> <laughs> How has life uh, life and work changed for you um, having your son? Um, for the best, for <laughs> sure. Um, she's smiling. <laughs> It's not easy. It's a lot of organization. Um, It takes a lot of privilege, I think, to survive that in New York. You know, we have help. We have we do a nanny share with another family. Mm -hmm. We don't have any family help, though. Yeah. So that's the that's the anomaly. No one's here. Um, That's hard. That's got to be hard. It's it's hard. I mean, it's costly. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, And both my husband and I work like we've never worked before it's like the most <laughs> intense year of our life for us both so yeah. it is really hard but you know it's fun I mean you just come home to a friend of mine was saying it's like Christmas every morning Aww. it's just like such a <laughs> such a ball of joy and um, no and what I've been telling friends lately is I think it's an incredible drive actually professionally mm. which not a lot of people talk about for women 
Uh, because you have limited hours, so, mm, so you gotta pack it in. Get you it gotta done. pack it in. <laughs> you gotta focus. For yeah. me, it's really forced me to reassess. You know, what projects do I want to take in? Where is my time going? Yeah. Um. So it's been great. I mean, the business has grown as a result. You yeah. Know? It's like yeah, we're, you're we're busy. Now, we're very busy. We, we we have twenty clients right now. What? We just did the count with my our director. Oh my Claire. God. Yeah. I mean, you know, all of different scales and, and stages. Yeah. But um, it's exciting. But it's exciting, and yeah, I think it's it's really taught me to prioritize and so at this point we're not you know I say we don't we don't take any in-between projects it's either real passion or it's yeah. real budgets but we don't yeah. do the in-between anymore so it's I still struggle with that but it forces me to say no to things um, wait why do you struggle with that is it like old programming in your head or what is it I think it's a mix of uh the way women are mm. socialized, right? I mean, it's kind of basic response, but I think mm. it's like you never want to offend, you never want to uh, disappoint, yeah. you never want to miss an opportunity. Are you going to have another opportunity? Right. You know, there's a bit of that. Yeah. Um, always, at least for me, always caring about, you know, what people will think um, if I don't deliver. Mm. But then there's also just the, I'm very curious and as you can see, I just have different companies, different projects, and so I, I get excited. It's it's also just hard for me to yeah. not take on a new project, right? It's like, oh, cool, one, yeah. yeah. Especially if they're coming to you. Yeah. Do you guys do like a lot of biz dev, or everything's referral for the most part? Um, it's mostly referral at this point, just because I've been doing it for ten years. Yeah. But you know, when I restarted the agency four years ago, yeah. it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't that easy. I definitely had to reposition myself and. Huh go out there um, and now this year in this dynamic with the baby of trying to be more focused and yeah. also grow more you know there's also something a bit primitive of like I want to provide for my kid I right. want him to have the best conditions so yeah. I, I need to make more money with the business Yeah. Um, so we have started to call pitch a bit more I, I actually um I've been sort of setting up this collective with a couple collaborators, friends. One is an incredible brand strategist, mm -hmm. um, Zach. There's Christine, who's an uh, amazing writer, content mm -hmm. creator. So we're now going after bigger brands and trying to pitch as a collective, you nice. know, and say, okay, we have, we're not partners, but we have yeah. all these skills and sure, we've worked sure. together before. Yeah. And we can sort of customize and work at a carte. And yeah. uh, we'll see where that leads, but it's been fun. I love it. To pitch. I love how resourceful. <laughs> What you was try the things? Yeah. <laughs> what was the transition from like year one to like year four? Like, did it take a while to really build things up? Yes and no. I think in a way, for having only been around for four years, I feel like we we've, we've built a really nice um, client base, customer mm -hmm. base. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, I mean, as you get older, you learn that everything takes time and you can't yeah. rush things. Yeah. You know, um, for me. I, I don't come from design, so it's taken me those 10 years to build a little credibility, yeah. I think, as a creative director mm -hmm. in my head, but also for other people. I mean, <laughs> in France, some friends are still presenting me as doing PR, which I've never done in my life. But they're like, oh, yeah, loosely, you used to work for a media company. Me too. I did PR like You were 10 promoting years ago. your own events on Facebook, you know, so yes, you're probably. Yes, she does PR. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. So, you know, I think it's not easy to establish, you know, people pigeonhole you, and it, it's, been, it's taken time for me to even feel like I was allowed to be a creative director and yeah. creative enough um, but then it's also it takes time to build a portfolio and uh, I'm very happy with where we are now in the company I was mentioning Claire my art director she's been amazing for this as well we have mm -hmm. fantastic designers in the team mm -hmm. um, Monica I've worked with on interiors for 10 years um, Fouad in Mexico we have a whole crew nice. that's amazing yeah. and we've um, 
we've decided to be a bit of a niche. You know, we've we've decided to be only food focused. Mm -hmm which was a way to position the agency. Super smart. And we thought about it for a second because it's exciting to try other things. But yeah. for me, I knew my value was my culture in food. I've, I've known about food since I was born. You know, I've been yeah. taken to restaurants, to markets. I've traveled the world for food. So I know that's definitely an added value. Yeah. Um, and then I, I still feel like it's... Uh, we don't have so many competitors, you know, like specialized agencies in food. So... so I think there's potential for the future on yeah. the business perspective. Yeah. And then the other thing we decided to do with um, Polanski and Friends is when I left my former agency, MP Shift, MP Shift, like I said, happened when Instagram was sort of exploding for restaurants. Mm. We were doing a lot of digital design, mm. uh, things that were sort of geared towards Instagram. Yeah. And it wasn't formulated that way, but I, I see it now. You know, the designs were a lot louder and colorful mm. and pop and contrast and big fonts. And yeah. and it was fun back then. It was new, you know. But when I left that, um, I wanted to do the opposite. I wanted to go back to what I liked in restaurants. I've realized, in a way, everyone loves old restaurants. We all... It's super. It's it's cool to go back to institution, right? Love it's that. like yeah. people are at Keens in New York and the early and and yeah. All, Where did I see places. you were at Bemelman's? Yeah, uh, exactly. I bury. I'm like an old man. I'm like bury me in a thing of whiskey. I mean, at totally. It's Odeon so, or something. It's so special. <laughs> yeah, um, especially so, in New York. Especially in New York, but it's true everywhere ultimately. Yeah. And and um, why do we like those old places? I think it's because there's um, these human imperfections you know those were yeah. places that were not overly conceived and branded and designed and yeah. you know the Bemel man it's like those funny paintings on the walls <laughs> and it's not perfect and the, right um, you know and uh, some things don't make sense but that's why we love it and the the menu is cool and yeah. maybe there's uh, not at the Bemel happened you know some of these places there might be a chalkboard somewhere and I used to love Finelli's yeah, love Finelli's I mean it's yeah. a little different now because TikTok made it weird but exactly but I used to before I moved to New York I would come I would come to New York every year on my birthday yeah. and I would go to Finelli's and I would get like a shitty glass of champagne and fries. That was my favorite burger historically too. Also delicious. <laughs> I haven't been in one. Yeah. But yeah. So, places so, like that, yeah. And you know, places like Finelli's, exactly. It's like maybe the um, the owner's friend just created a little icon and it's used ever. You know, it wasn't overly thought and there was yeah. this really analog um, yeah. touch. And so that's also what... Also the mix of people. The mix of people. Yeah. Yeah. But I think also because of that, because the designs and the brand and the offering were not so divisive. You know, yeah. now it's like you have to position yourself you from really the get-go. Are yeah. you targeting the what kind of place? Are you targeting the classic? Are, you know, is it a, are so, you dime square or not? A hundred percent. And I think it's crazy to have to make yeah, the decision. So, <laughs> so yeah, so that was yeah. another thing with the agency. It was this one. We've decided we're going to stay focused on food. We're going to diversify within food, so yeah. definitely hospitality, but also more and more products. We want to do more and more CPG. We've been doing wine labels, oh, cool. a few products. So yeah. stay in food, but diversify. And then really push that analog um, printing techniques and design. So we mm. do a lot by hand. Mm. We work with a lot of illustrators. Cool. We have a whole network of vendors that print in like they used to. Um, and so, you know, you were asking me how it's been going from year one to yeah. year four. Like that's been a huge part of the work is create that, accumulate that knowledge yeah. that we didn't have. You know, we had the vision for it, but we needed right. to actually learn how to do all that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, finally in year four, I feel like we're in a great place to yeah. actually execute on what we're offering. It's amazing. Have you burned out ever? 
yeah, or I've been on, I think I've always had tools not to burn out, but I've been a couple of times on the verge of a burnout. I'm probably on the verge of a burnout now. Okay. Also, <laughs> is burnout like more of an American thing? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Is you that, know, I think it probably exists everywhere? in France, but people don't speak about mental health as much. That's because you guys take like a three month vacation every year or whatever. No, I mean, <laughs> life is softer, but yeah. I think it's the darker side of it is that I don't, I think it's um, no not as valued. I mean, it's funny because therapy is a huge thing in France. Oh. But, you know, people don't explore like they do in America, or at least in big cities in America. You don't mm. speak about. The things you've tried, the sports you've tried, the astrologists you've tried. You just don't <laughs> explore and people mock that in France, you know. Mm, so Why is that? I think there's a strong uh, Judeo-Christian culture. And okay. so anything that pertains to the self sure. is sort of shame. So, so whether it's patriarchal. It's patriarchal for sure. Yeah. And, and yeah, whether it's self-care or success or ambition, you're just you're not really supposed to spend time on that, you know. Huh. That, yeah. that that defined for me the, the beauty standard in France. You know, everyone loves that Parisian thing, I woke up like this thing, but yeah. the, I woke up like this that people actually work on it, but you're not, you know, <laughs> you don't say you've done surgery, you don't speak about your yeah. dermatologist, you yeah. don't speak about the sport you do. It's like, Is yeah. there a word that's like, means like hush-hush or something like that? Uh, à l'improviste, vite fait. <laughs> what is that? Just like... Just, you know, vite fait, bien fait is like... Uh, quickly done well done <laughs> <laughs> just keep it moving yeah exactly okay. yeah interesting so you're on the edge of a burnout what's going on <laughs> i think so a little it's bit just, what is it like you're just booked every day or what is yeah i use the word lately because people who have actually been through a burnout you know might might laugh but uh but no it's been really intense it's yeah. uh, i'm definitely it's very uh busy in my head and it's um it's just a lot right now, you know. It's yeah. it's. Uh, I mean, the baby, he's one year. Yeah. Um, the agency is it's the biggest year we've had. Yeah. Um, the Telegram, yeah. uh, which is so the Telegram is this side newsletter that I do with my business partner Teddy. It's a different company, um, but my team at Pull and Skin Friends works on it as well. And mm -hmm. and um, and uh, yeah, that's a few hours of work every week. Yeah. Um, I've also been working on the documentary film for a few years and it's What's sort of this? moving right now. <laughs> uh, it's about food and politics in the Middle East, gastro-diplomacy in the Middle East. Um, wow, that's cool. Are you producing the film? We have a great production agency, which is 0.0, yeah. um, which was Anthony Bourdain's agency. Mm -hmm. um, we, I have two business partners on it. Um, Kimi, who was my co-creator, Kimi Zuki, and then Matt Allen, who's a writer, executive mm -hmm. producer as well. Uh, so, you know, we're looking for funds at the moment and wow. it's like sort of getting traction. I think finally the topic is of interest for yeah. a few people. So, yeah. you know, that's not full time, but it's just the it's additional. It's in your head. It's in your head yeah. and it's the additional hour every week, you know, that you have to do something for. Um, right. And then O Studio. And then there's my husband's <laughs> restaurant, which, you know, is a big thing in my life. And then yeah. there's my couple. And then there's my friend life. You know? Right. Like all <laughs> like, these things. Like everyone. But it's definitely a lot. And, and I think that's where struggling to say no becomes an issue. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also, you know, when you have a baby, or maybe that's my the, the pressure I put on myself. It's uh, it was it was important for me. Yeah, it's very ambivalent. Like, it's I really want to be here for my kid, and yeah. motherhood is very important for me. But I also didn't want to be defined by motherhood only. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, Were you planning to have kids? I always wanted to. Yeah. Uh, 
it wasn't a, you know, I, I see for some friends it's always been a calling. I wouldn't say it was a calling, but yeah. I always loved the idea of transmission. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's what excites <laughs> me. Transmission. Yeah, I think it's so cool. Yeah. Um, and I also, I think it's also an exciting stage for a couple. We've been together 10 years with my husband, so oh, wow. it's a very challenging yeah, stage. But it, it, I just, I like to see how it shapes us differently and how the dynamics evolve. And yeah. it force, again, just like with the work, it just forces you to reprioritize and reassess. Yeah. So how does that work when you meet and, you know, you've, you've had a decade together, but you're, you're, you know, different people 10 years ago. Yeah. Like... Have you guys grown together? Have you guys grown in your own way? Like, how do you negotiate that relationship <laughs> over 10 years? Uh, we're both very fiery. Uh, <laughs> okay. So it's not a soft negotiation ever. Um, <laughs> really? But, you know, yeah. but we keep the negotiation going. And it's been 10 years. And, uh, yeah, we have done couple therapy, I was telling you. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it's bad. I think it's actually great. You yeah. know, it's a it, it's not an easy relationship Fefo and I have, but it's a really fertile one. Yeah. And I think it's we've been lucky. Uh, it's been a luck and a curse that we sort of we got attracted by the same um, areas and centers of interest. We were both in food when we met, and yeah. we both. Um, get closer to the design world as mm -hmm. we evolve in our career and you know in a way I think that's what keeps it exciting and we're yeah. all, we we want to travel the same way we want to see the same things we want to go to the same parties so that's yeah. amazing that's good um, <laughs> and it's also I think to see each other building a career in that new field mm -hmm. over the past 10 years has also entailed a lot of admiration and, and respect on both sides so yeah. that's the bright side the, the tougher yeah. thing is that means you know we're constantly overlapping and sometimes we we've learned that we need to just preserve our personal space a bit because if yeah. not everything becomes work and how do you make boundary like what's that what's that look like well we're really trying to work on it now um one thing we've done uh, the past year or past couple of years is we have coffee every friday morning uh, it's on the calendar it's one hour and we try to get outside of the of the house yeah you know, when the baby's taken care of mm -hmm. um, and actually that was Fefo's idea to be without baby outside of the house he was like you know we just need to change the scenery yeah. and, and I love it I sort of call it our partner's meeting you know it's kind <laughs> of a, it's just a great opportunity to either speak about the logistics things you don't you don't yeah. have time to do or to clear the air and, and sometimes especially because we're quite fiery sometimes yeah. because we know we, we will have that opportunity later the, during yeah. the week it also kind of helps you just chill and wait yeah. and, and rephrase everything in your head we'll bring so. it up in our weekly meeting <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> exactly uh, but no but we're learning and that's part of the thing right now it's like how you know it's we're really both having a momentum professionally and so yeah, yeah what's the right balance how do we still go out and still network and still mm -hmm. take care of our community and, and still work but also how do we take time for ourselves you yeah know? how do you for you <laughs> I mean we want to get better at it and we're trying to get more help with the baby trying yeah. to get you know, a friend of mine was advising us I thought that was great she said you know you need to go out at least twice a week but don't only do dinners like try to go see movies or, or plays or yeah. because she says and I thought that was great she says you know it's just good uh, when it's been so long with the same person it's good to remember how to other things a bad thing and to see the other react to things right versus just being oh. at dinner consuming right yeah 
which is, it can be very and also it's so connected to your work and also that's the thing for us it's like immediately it becomes you know <laughs> we run into industry people right. and it bec and we compare things right. and we judge things you know so yeah. it's just yeah sort of a neutral zone is better so how do you how do you take care of you <laughs> <laughs> well I need to get better at it as well um couple things I never compromise on or and it's funny I was listening um, a few months ago um I, lo I like this podcast on the Atlantic called, um, I think it's How to Live a Better Life. Mm -hmm. um, and they had an episode with a psychiatrist about happiness and what's the formula for happiness. And two things he was saying, which I really, I think that pr I practice it a lot, is first of all, um, physical activity, for sure. Very important. What's Basic, your, but what's definitely. What's your physical activity? Um, so walking, non-negotiable. I try to walk as much as I can. Yeah. And then I've always done yoga. Yeah. Um, Even if it's, you know, 20 minutes in my room, but just something. Yeah. Um, and now it's been a couple of months that I, I do cardio, actually. That's new. I never did cardio. <laughs> I, was, I, I love stretching my whole life. And yeah. now I, like, do more abs and weights. And yeah. uh, I think post-baby, I needed something a little stronger. Sure. Uh, and just with the amount of stress this year. So, you know, so I change it up. I'm not really athletic. I've never, I mean, it, I, was, I wasn't exercising until I was 25, probably. Mm -hmm. It's also not in the culture in France at all, and and you don't you don't speak about sport. Again, it's it's this thing of like, oh, really? You take time to like look good, you know? Like, <laughs> that's how they see it. They don't. I don't. I didn't just wake up like this. Yeah, and they don't see it as related to mental health at all in any oh. way. Um, and for me, really, that's why I do it. And so I've always done yoga, and, and the rare times if I travel and if I don't do yoga, that's when I realize I'm actually a lot more anxious than I think. Totally. I, am. I yeah. never thought I was an anxious person until yeah. I don't do it. Yeah. So sport is a big thing, and that's what the that study in the Atlantic was mentioning but the other thing they were mentioning is um, being close to a community you know mm. human interactions mm. um, and so that's something that I'm, I'm really um, I think good at is maintaining friendships and yeah. I'm not saying I'm a perfect friend but I've always been uh, you know I've always been the one sort of keeping the connection strong so that's your friends in your Europe trick or is just staying in touch I think it's huge yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, even if it's just sharing a song or saying, sometimes, you know, there are friends in Europe I, I don't see often. And I, sometimes I'll just say, hey, I think I'm thinking about you, you know? Yeah. And I think those interactions yeah. make your day or they yeah. make my day, at least. Yeah. Yeah. I have a friend who is a new mom. Like t Her daughter's like two. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, she was like, I'm really working on being a better friend. Like, I feel like I've been so into like work and being a mom. And like, I, yeah. I have all these friends that I just, They're there and I love them, but I just like don't even remember to respond. Mm. Or, you know, like it's just easy to forget. Yeah. Well, I think the this probably a happy medium. Yeah. My issue again is that I'm always nervous to disappoint, so I feel like I'm I'm almost doing too much in a yeah. way. Like I should at this point I need to prioritize a little bit myself and my relationship and, yeah. and my kid versus my social life. Yeah. Um But yeah, but I want to keep that balance. I do think, uh, I mean, for me, at least it really nourishes me. You know, I need to have dinner with close friends. I need to have real conversations with yeah. close friends. Um, I think sometimes I can be a little intense as a friend because I, I, I just, I can't have anything unsaid. I love clear communication. Yeah. But that's how I've, I've kept such strong friendships over the year. You know, yeah. there's never anything rotting. We just keep in touch. We talk, we talk yeah. things through and yeah, it's always a good experience how how does being around food and beverage like all the time how does like alcohol play into your life like what what role does it have or yeah does it? 
uh, yeah, I have an interesting relationship with alcohol. I mean, I um, I love wine. Yeah. I really do, and you know, blame it on the French culture. <laughs> I've never been like I don't need to drink hard liquor on weekends. Yeah, you know, but You're taking uh, shots of yeah. <laughs> but I really enjoy wine. Like I enjoy food, so mm-hmm. I could never stop entirely. But um, certainly, when you start working professionally in food, and especially when I was working for a food guide, yeah. Um, sudden, yeah, suddenly you don't eat or drink anymore because you want to. You do it because you have to. Right. And so it's taken me years to regulate my relationship to so alcohol and food, you know, to yeah. be honest. Like, how do you find the right balance? Yeah. How do you keep pleasure while being professional? Right. Um, alcohol, I, uh, I stopped drinking entirely two years ago for a little bit. Mm-hmm. It was when COVID was sort of fading and the world was reopening and it was so many you know belated birthday parties yeah. and restaurant reopenings and people traveling and visiting again and so much to drink mm-hmm. um, and I reached a point where I was like not feeling well physically but also I was becoming anxious every weekend was approaching and I was like okay there's gonna be this this and that and I yeah. won't be able to say no Yeah. and I realized oh okay that's actually essentially alcoholism you uh, could say no you can say no, but you know yeah. you realize how. And at that point, I read that book. Um, now I'm blanking on the name. That woman. Uh, I mean, everyone. Uh, what's her name? Chrissy Teigen recommends it. Everyone recommends it. It's like a woman who wrote about alcohol issues. Oh, um, okay. I don't know that book. And that was fantastic because she talks about how, yeah, essentially most people are alcoholic, but you just don't talk about it. You <laughs> right. know, most people struggle to say no. Sure, um, most I people do. drink. Yeah. yeah. We drink, you know, and we say we just call it drinking socially sure. or being bon vivant, you know, and mm. um, and you realize how it's ingrained in the culture. Someone dies, you drink. Someone has a birthday, <laughs> you drink. Somebody dies, you drink. Wow. This, every reason is good. Literally, to drink, any reason. You know? It's Friday. Uh, yeah, it's five totally. o'clock. But then the book is interesting because it shows you the the economic forces that were at work behind that and mm. how you know lobbies mm. participated to that culture and. Mm. Um, you know when the prohibition happened in the US how the, the lobby of, of alcohol was working on that and um, and they created this word essentially alcoholism mm. which blames it on the user you know right <laughs> when it's literally structurally part of every part of our life yeah exactly <laughs> but the issue is the substance right not right. the user so that was a huge yeah. mind shift for me that's interesting um, and I took a break for a bit mm-hmm. and then I get pregnant so I didn't yeah. drink much for nine months a little bit but not much yeah um, and now I'm back at it my husband has a great wine bar or yeah. studio so definitely have access to we had some really wines. good wine there actually, nice remembering yeah the sommelier James he's fantastic <laughs> so you know but it's but taking that break and reading all these things um, sort of freed me from the constraints yeah. you know and I realized that's when you stop that you realize after it takes a bit but after a couple of weeks I was like oh I, I can still be funny without I can st- <laughs> I'm still the first on the I'm dance floor me. at wedding oh. yeah but you know it's like you're, you're not no, sure when you drank your entire life <laughs> I, right uh, that's real I can still be receptive to people's joke I mean I can you know so <laughs> yeah. yeah it was fant- it was a great experience for me um, and so yeah so I'm always I'm always, you know, fighting internally, like too much, not enough. I'm, I'm it's just yeah. I'm trying to maintain that balance. I don't just drink loosely. I, I have it in my head. Like I try to right be reasonable. Right. I mean, it must be hard. Like you're probably going to, to tasting, or you're like always going to a restaurant or a bar. Yeah. <laughs> like for meetings. Yeah, 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 for sure. Well, that's that's a change I made in my life a few years ago. I stopped doing drinks for for work, for oh, instance. You know, when I was younger, with no 
partner, no kid. Yeah, yeah. there was always like, yeah, let's meet at 6 p.m. at 6 p.m. for a drink. And yeah. then you realize by the time dinner starts, you've already had two drinks at least. And yeah. then there's dinner and then there may be some, an event after. Right. So I stopped doing uh, drinks. Um, and I think also now is a lot easier than 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. I mean, since a couple of years, right? So many non-alcoholic uh, um, options. Right, which is amazing. It's not as uh, mocked. I think if you go out and don't drink, people right. understand a lot better. So yeah. at least in New York. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, where do you find joy? <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Where do you find joy, though? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, honestly, food is just forever. Food. Yeah. But not just eating. Just, you know, that's why I'm doing the telegram. We study, even though it's no money and it's a lot more work for me. Yeah. But uh, it's just I love the stories. I love to discover people making things. Yeah. You know, I love the connections. That's how we met. You know, yeah. I, I discovered your baklava. And Me that too. That's it. why I bake because <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, there's no margin in it. Like I'm really not making any money. No, off. totally. It's but like, it's such a mean for connection, and yeah. that I love to travel through food. That's how I create yeah. my trips. You know. Yeah, yeah. Not like fancy restaurants, but right, I just right. want to find about you know what's the local delicacy yes. and, and who makes things for the most time and where yeah. do people yeah I just think it's amazing so food gives me a lot of joy um, yeah. obviously my kid but that's yeah. okay basic yeah. um, <laughs> um, reading I love I love reading books mm. it's something that's another sort of mental health discipline yeah uh, it's hard in New York because you get so distracted there's always I have like three do. books that are like partly yeah. read <laughs> and I'm not you know I'm a slow reader because of that but yeah. I, I force myself even if it's two pages before sleeping yes. and sometimes it's 20 this morning I woke up and miraculously my baby was still sleeping so I had 20 extra minutes and ah, I read you know 20 minutes <gasps> amazing no that's a lot of time <laughs> yeah no I yeah. went through like maybe 12 pages um, and I think I think it's great especially I mean you know I'm all day long between emails and Instagram um, and so to get different inputs from just like disconnected stories and yeah. I just think it, it really it's uh, it gives your mind some rest you yeah know? where are you getting your stories or like the news like what do you even do you pay attention to things like what to the news yeah. yeah you know I haven't been good this year because I'm so, so I get I get it from my husband who's news um, he's a news fanatic so <laughs> he'll tell me what's up yeah uh, I am I am subscribed to the New York Times and to the Atlantic yeah um, yeah just good old New Yorker okay um, but yeah no and Instagram honestly not for news but like for industry news for sure. restaurant opening yeah. trends like I'm entirely depending on it, which is right. every time I want to disconnect, I'm like, yeah, but that's that's my job. I need to know what's up, and it's it's great for that. You I know? know the feeling. What's yeah. after Instagram? Yeah, I don't know, right? What's next? I'm already. I have no clue about TikTok, so no, not great. <laughs> that's not part of your like strategy at all. No, it should be, but thankfully I've chosen the analog route. <laughs> I think the analog has a lot of value and timeless. Yeah, you know, yeah. again, it's always going to be niche, um, but it's fine. I'm happy with my niche. Um, yeah. And then no, I read a lot of newsletters. That's sort of my, yeah. that's how I keep myself, you know, in yeah. the loop. Culturally, I mean, so many sub stacks, so many newsletters. Yeah. That's how I get my book recommendations. Yeah. Um, yeah. And again, books, I just think are amazing. <laughs> well, on that note, <laughs> I, I love it. I think you really found your niche. I it's really cool to like learn more about like you're making a documentary like you really did find it people like search their whole life like trying to find yeah. that kind of creating a path for their passion you know like, well I think the thread because again I'm not 
making anything myself, right? Again, I'm right. not a designer, yes. not a filmmaker, not a photographer. Yeah. Uh, but whether it's Polanski and Friends, the agency, or the telegram, or the documentary, it's still the same thread of just telling stories about yeah. people. Yeah. Um, and so that's, again, me being an accidental entrepreneur. Like I, I yeah. never knew I was going to end up having agencies or working on a film, that's yeah. for sure. Uh, but you just find what you like and what you're good at, you know, and then you just... And then it's just opportunity based. I feel yeah. it's like people you meet, and mm-hmm. you know the the film came because I I was uh, Kimi works for that restaurant Ilili, Lebanese restaurant mm-hmm. in the city, and he hired me to the branding, and we became friendly. Yeah, and that's how it always goes. Yeah, like. <laughs> and uh, I was like, wow, it's crazy. I was just in Israel, and the food is so similar, you know. And he yeah. was like, yeah, tell me about it. But we're not allowed to do events with Israeli chefs, you know, mm. in Lebanon, and that led to another thing and then we're like let's do a film you know and, and then eggplant 12 right different people. ways yeah that's what I noticed in Israel <laughs> the hummus the hummus yeah, I was like how many ti- how many ways can you make eggplant <laughs> no it's fascinating so yeah I, I love to that's why it's hard for me to say no I just feel like everything leads to something you know you never yeah. know yeah yeah I love that <laughs> yeah thank you for coming to Current Mood Thank sharing you. your entire life's mood yeah it was a lot of talking about myself that was therapeutic thank you oh good is there anything else you want to talk about uh i don't know no i, I think well you did ask me about those books right that i was mentioning about yeah. mental health yeah the two books that i that have influenced me that i recommend um and they're not sacred books one is a book by um david Servan schreber which he's passed away now but he was a famous neurologist in France mm-hmm. um, and I feel like I mean I owe him a lot he was uh, there were mental health issues in my family depression and, and mm-hmm. I read a lot about it and he was the first um book that I read where there was a, a Western doctor also incorporating Eastern medicine mm. and, and speaking about many other things than than, uh, yeah. than medicine you know how did you uh, find the book I think I was researching probably anxiety and depression book by then, but but it was fantastic for me to realize you don't, you know, again, in France is quite judgmental and it's like you're either classic or you're woo-woo. Uh, and it was great to read from a serious neurologist who's done the studies. He's actually measured all these things. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, actually having an animal has impact on your heart. Doing charity work has impact on your mood. Mm-hmm. Um, doing exercise is crucial. Nutrition. Um, you know, any meditation, like all these things yeah. that all the things that they say help actually help. Yeah, <laughs> but 25, 20 years ago, where I was in Paris, people weren't saying, you know, that yeah. seemed like secondary, like a little bonus you can do for yourself. It didn't seem, and, and he was proving that it's actually at the core of mental health, it's huh. not just an addition. So, you yeah. need to take it as seriously as taking your, your medicine. Yeah. Um, and um, so, that's I've always incorporated in my life. And the, again, I think walking comes from that, you know, it's like, yeah the little exercise you can do every day that's huge Mm -hmm. Um, and then uh, I was mentioning Ariana Huffington Thrive uh, which I read probably well when it came out when was it 10, 12, 15 years ago Uh, (laughs) but again that I love because to have this badass major businesswoman the the book starts she says I was about it was 5am I was working at my desk constantly on deadlines with the news cycle Mm -hmm. Um, and she was so exhausted that she fell in the corner of her desk and almost lost an eye you know and went to the ER and there was sort of a wake up call and she was like yeah you know 
what's the end of this like <laughs> and so she did the whole yeah. research as well about okay how do you live a better life and um wait she literally the corner of the desk got her in the eye yeah oh, yeah shit. exactly which great metaphor for how work can literally. kill you yeah um and so and so yeah and so to have you know a woman of that tenor just talk about this and then she did all the research same about everything you can do to live a better life mm-hmm. without renouncing uh, yeah. work enough and and that was fantastic and one of the big takeaway for her was sleeping um, huh. which Imagine I value that. a lot as well that's something I, I constantly uh, bother my husband with I just it's one of those you know we have all the tools you don't need to to spend all the money yeah, in, just in crazy <laughs> coaches and everything I mean whatever whatever works but I do think already just t- you know sleeping walking <laughs> those things are huge yeah thanks so much for tuning into current mood today don't forget to follow Current Mood on Spotify and give us a little rating if you're feeling it. Give us a little star action. Five stars would be great. And follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any ideas on future guests or any insights, feel free to slide right into our DMs on Instagram at currentmood.io. Thank you so much for being a part of this community. It really means a lot.